Hello again and welcome to Sabbath Moods, your one-hour broadcast of inspirational music and a message from the Word of God. It comes to you from the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Rockingham, Western Australia. My name is Pastor Erickson Fabian. It's my pleasure to welcome you to another broadcast of Sabbath Moods. I trust that you will stay with us until the end. I have a message today entitled, With Christ in the Vessel, and of course, lots of good music. So welcome back to Sabbath Moods, and may God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for another opportunity that we have today to be on the air with Sabbath Moods, and I just pray that you will take this broadcast and make it a blessing to someone today. I know there's lots of people listening who have different questions, and maybe something that I share today will answer a question that someone might have. Let it be, Lord, according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Is there anyone here listening today who has experienced being at sea in very rough, life-threatening conditions? Yeah? Or maybe you've been in another situation in life where you felt that you were just about to be overwhelmed, drowned, or finished off, perhaps, by almost everything that you were going through. Some situation where you felt that the world was about to crumble around you. Or maybe it seemed that you were just going down for the last time. You know, life can be really rough, really harsh, really, really trying. But when we find ourselves in the midst of life's storms, we need not despair. So long as the master of ocean and earth and skies is in the boat with us. And that's the essence of today's message, which I will share with you over the next hour or so. But let's begin with a beautiful song of assurance and encouragement. It's entitled, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. Stay tuned. Sing 
Welcome back, friends. Indeed, the battle belongs to God. In the summer of 1985, I endured my most horrifying maritime experience. Along with 51 other young people from the island of Dominica, which is where I lived back then, I was returning home from the annual regional summer camp that was held that year on the island of St. Lucia. And from the moment we cast off, we found ourselves at the mercy of the angry seas. Sailing up the west coast of the island was usually a calm and relaxing experience, but that night it was absolutely terrifying. But the worst was yet to come when we would enter the open waters of the Atlantic Ocean between St. Lucia and Martinique. Yes, once we entered the Martinique Channel, that old boat just went bobbing around like an oversized piece of cork. The waves washed the deck from bow to stern and from starboard to port, sweeping everything in their path. In the pitch blackness, we could only perceive their white crests as they were about to break near our boat. And then almost without warning, the boat would rise over a wall of water and drop sharply down the other side. Well, we got a little break as we sailed up the long west coast of Martinique. But by daybreak, we were heading for round two as we entered the open seas once more. Only this time, we were more horrified because we could now see the waves coming in the grey distance, sometimes two, three or four in rapid succession. Whenever it seemed that the next one would be the killer, the boat somehow made it over. In our terror, we found comfort in occasionally singing and praying and and after, <laughs> after another four harrowing hours, Despite the soaking, the battering, and the vomiting, we made it safely to land. Thank God we did. If you've never had an experience like this, then you probably won't be able to visualize or imagine what the characters in our Bible lesson for today experienced. But I'm going to try my best to help you appreciate the physical setting of that event so that you can experience the sights and sounds of what took place that evening in the Bible narrative. And my hope is that as it comes alive to you, you will find a fresh appreciation, not just for the event, but for the message that God has for us from that event. Before I go further, I'm going to pause here and take an instrumental entitled, I Walked Today Where Jesus Walked, by Jamie George. And then when we come back, I'll take you on a trip to ancient Palestine. So stay tuned.
You're listening to Faith FM, and this is Sabbath Moods from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Come with me to the land of Palestine. I want to take you many miles north of the famous city of Jerusalem to the Sea of Galilee. We can stand on the shores of this sea, which is actually more of a large freshwater lake. We can look out over the water, which is about 21 kilometers long by 13 kilometers wide, covering an area of about uh, 166 square kilometers. At this point, we're standing at an altitude of about 680 feet below sea level, which makes the Sea of Galilee the lowest freshwater lake on Earth. And as we look in the distance, we can see to the north a valley from which the Jordan River flows into the lake. And at the opposite end to the south, we can see where the Jordan drains away toward the Dead Sea. At our back, to the west, are the lofty arbol cliffs. And across from us, the Golan Heights ascend some 2,000 feet above sea level. So the Sea of Galilee is down in a bowl, as it were, virtually surrounded by highland. Now up there on those highlands, the air gets quite cool and dry. On the other hand, the area directly around the lake experiences a semi-tropical type of climate with warm, moist air. Whenever there is warm, moist air, what happens to it? That's right, it rises and cooler, drier air from the surrounding land is drawn in to take its place, right? And we learned that in geography. The hot air rises and cold air sinks or subsides. So let's just imagine for a moment that for some reason the temperature up there on the highlands drops suddenly and sharply. What do you think would happen? Ah, well, the pressure changes immediately. The high pressure up in the hills and the lower pressure down by the lake. And what results is that winds suddenly begin rushing down the slopes through these valleys down toward the lake. These winds become trapped in the basin and can cause the sea to be churned up rather violently, making it quite a deadly situation for fishmen. All of this can happen in a matter of minutes. Now it's fair and calm. In the next few minutes, you're battling a raging storm. Oh, and one more thing. The lake itself is relatively shallow, just about 200 feet at its greatest depth. A shallow lake? I tell you, it's whipped up by the wind much more rapidly than deep water, because there, in the deep water, the energy is more readily absorbed. And something happened right there on that lake in March of 1992. A storm sent waves 10 feet high crashing into downtown Tiberias, causing significant damage. So with this background in mind, come with me. Let's get into the boat with the disciples and Jesus. I want us to notice that this event is recorded by three of the gospel writers, namely Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, John does not mention it. From reading all three accounts, we can infer that Jesus and his disciples did not anticipate a storm. But let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and let's begin at verse 24. Well, let's start with verse 23 instead. It says, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, 
we're perishing. Verse 26, but he said to them, why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, verse 24 uses the phrase, And behold, in the King James Version, but in certain other versions, like the New King James, it says, And suddenly. Now, it makes sense, especially after our bit of geography lesson earlier. But I'd like us to reflect on the word suddenly, because it announces that which we do not expect. Suddenly reminds us that life does not always give us what we hope for, and that as much as we plan, there are circumstances that will remain outside of our control. Suddenly reminds us that joy may turn overnight to sorrow, and bliss may give way to misery. Suddenly reminds us that calm seas may, in a matter of mere minutes, become troubled waters. Suddenly, that word, that's life. I want us to notice also that Jesus did not prevent the storm from happening, friends. Of course, that would have guaranteed the disciples a safe, pleasant passage. The lesson is this. Jesus does not always prevent the storms from coming into our lives. Sometimes we think that because we have Jesus, everything is going to be always bright and rosy and hunky-dory. It's like, God, how come I'm serving you and I'm getting this? And that guy over there, he doesn't give a button about, about you. He doesn't care. He never goes through that kind of trouble that I go through. And David asked the same questions. Lord, how come? Does it still make sense to serve you? We somehow expect that Jesus will keep us from the storms or keep the storms away from us. But I heard Daniel saying from the lion's den, No! I heard Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shouting from the furnace, Not always! I heard the Apostle Peter saying, Beloved, don't think it's something strange. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. No, friends, Jesus does not always keep the storms from coming your way. But, but, get this, whenever storms arise, we can be sure that he is there in the boat with us. I think that lesson is so important that I want to repeat it. Jesus does not always keep the storms from coming your way. But whenever storms arise, we can be sure that he is there with us in the boat. Stay tuned.
You're listening to Faith FM, and this is Sabbath Moons with Pastor Erickson. Our topic for today, with Christ in the vessel. Now, Matthew says in verse 24 that a great tempest arose in the sea, so much so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Strange. We never read of Christ sleeping anywhere else in the Bible. That's the man who used to spend all night in prayer to God. He never sleeps, apparently. But Jesus was the Son of Man. 
he was 100% human. And in his humanity, he must have been pretty tired that evening after a hard day's work, meeting with people and ministering to their pressing needs. Because Jesus was 100% human, he knew and he still knows what we humans go through. The pain, the weariness, the anguish, the hunger, the, the whatever. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 in the contemporary English version says this, Jesus understands every weakness of ours because he was tempted in every way that we are. Friends, Christ is not standing on the shore watching you battle the waves. No, he is in the vessel with you. He identifies firsthand with your distress. And if you but call on him, you'll find that he's just a prayer away. Verse 25, And the disciples came to him and awakened him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Oh, I can just imagine the panic in their voices. All their skills as sailors became useless. They're out of options. Death stares them in the face. They fit the description of the psalmist in Psalm 107, verses 23 to 27. I'm going to read that for you. It says, They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. Verse 26, they mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. You know, it's like, Last resort, Jesus, do something. This is it, Jesus, we're going down. <laughs> In Mark's version, they scream, Don't you care that we are about to drown? Is anybody who is listening today going down? Your sails are battered and torn. You've taken on so much water that, yeah, you're going down. Hey, listen. If the last thing you have left is your voice, use it. Shout to the Lord. Psalm 107, verses 28 to 30 says, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. And so back to the narrative, Matthew continues in chapter 8, verse 26, And he saith unto them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? And then what does he do? It says, Then he arose, and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. I like the way Luke stated it. Luke says, Then he said to the disciples, Where is your faith? That's Luke 8, verse 25. Now, Jesus didn't chide them for disturbing him. He only had a problem with their fear, which signaled a lack of faith. Friends, Jesus doesn't mind you crying out to him. But I suspect he's not happy with your failure to trust him. Now that's where many of us fail. Our problem today is not a lack of information. We know a lot about what the Bible says. We love the promises. We even know some of them well enough to repeat them to someone else when they are going through their own stormy seas. Our problem 
is not a lack of information. Our problem is that when our turn comes, we are unable somehow to activate and exercise the kind of faith in God that makes the difference between us and those who don't believe. Many times our faith turns out to be just talk. Hmm. And that lets us down, lets us down badly. Many times, friends, our faith fails. Many times we can't make sense out of praying, 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 and more praying, and still seeing no change. Today, no change. Tomorrow, no change. Next week, next month, or even next year, no change. So what do we do? We give up. We gave up. Ours is a problem of experiential, tenacious, unwavering, and victorious faith. We have the same problem that the disciples had. So if Jesus came here today in person, and he saw you beating it out where you should be experiencing his peace, uh, guess what he might say to you? He might very well ask you the same question he asked his disciples. Where is your faith? I'll be right back. Stay tuned.
Well, welcome again to Sabbath Moods, our topic with Christ in the vessel. So Matthew says that Jesus stands up and rebukes the winds and the sea, and there is a great calm. According to the scriptures, Jesus is the one who created the world, and he did it by the sheer power of his word. It was he who in the beginning said, let there be, and there was. As a matter of fact, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 33 verse 9, For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And with the same ease, and the same power and authority, he can speak to any situation in your life and mine today. He's not like Moses, or David, or Elisha. He does not need a rod, a sling, or a mantle. His word is enough. And when he says, peace, be still, it is done. Several years ago, when I lived in Singapore, my car sprang an exhaust leak. Oh, driving around was pretty embarrassing, as you imagine, that loud noise. You know? So at the earliest opportunity, I headed to my garage. And when my mechanics examined the leak, they told me that based on its location, I had two options. I could buy a completely new exhaust pipe, which would cost me several hundreds of dollars, or they could weld it for me, allowing me to use it for a limited time before having to replace it completely. Now, I couldn't afford the new one, folks. So I told him, go ahead, weld it. Later that day, I collected the car and drove it home. Of course, the deafening noise was gone, but I could hear more than just the gentle purring of the engine. There was a rough, leaking sound that wasn't there before. In other words, the hole had not been completely blocked. And truth be told, my car never sounded the same again. Well, that's not how Jesus fixes things. Matthew continues to say that there was a great calm. All of a sudden, the situation went from total chaos to total calm. That was no halfway job. This was an effectual calm. It was as calm as calm could be. Couldn't get any calmer than that. Friends, Jesus goes all the way. When he, Jesus, speaks a word of command, not only does the storm cease, but all the effects cease. All the remains of it cease. And that's the person I present to you today. Jesus, give him a call. But I think of the question, where is your faith? So I ask you, do you have faith? Do you? Well, here's what. Although Jesus asks you, where is your faith? He's not going to let you perish, okay? Don't see his question as a rebuke for you, but rather as a reminder that you can indeed exercise overcoming faith in him. Yes, you can be certain that no water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. It really doesn't matter what you're calling your storm today. I want to say it again. It really doesn't matter what your storm is. Some people like to think that there are some situations that are beyond the ability of Jesus Christ to fix. It's like, oh God, this one's too much for you. Let me handle it myself. You know what I mean? 
that there is no problem too big that God cannot solve it. And there is no storm so dark that God cannot calm it. Oh, friends, please remember that when you're facing your trials. Never let your eye of faith become so dimmed by your tears that you cannot see your Savior's hand. Reach out to Him by faith. Say, Lord, save me. I'm perishing. He will save you. He will calm your storm. And like the disciples, you will be smiling. Stay tuned. sky is o'ershadowed with blackness, no shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish, how canst thou lie asleep? When this moment so madly is threatening, a grave from the angry deep The winds and the waves shall obey my will Peace be still Whether the wrath of the storm to see Or demons or men or whatever it be No water can swallow the ship when lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. See 
I've been windswept, I've been battered, but I'll cling to the cross. He gives me peace in the midst of the storm, and He gives me peace in the midst of my storm-tossed life. back to Sabbath Moods, friends. I want to end with another story from several years ago when I still lived on the island of Dominica in my home village. One morning in 1997, two young men from my community were taking a middle-aged mother and son with their agricultural produce to a neighboring French island when they ran into difficulty. Undone by a huge swell, the small vessel was swamped and they lost all their cargo. 
they had to abandon ship, and they found themselves floundering at the mercy of the waves for several hours. But they clung together, encouraging one another and praying that God would send help. Unfortunately, the two passengers did not make it. When the son's impatience turned to desperation, he swam away from the group and was never seen again. The mother apparently succumbed to exhaustion and grief. Unable to hold out any longer, she stated her final wishes, committed her life into God's hand, and passed away peacefully. She did not drown. The two men crew had no choice but to release her body to the waves and see to their own survival. All night long they battled the seas, clinging for their life to a couple of small flotation devices and praying for deliverance. Then about mid-morning of the next day, about 24 hours later, the crew of a passing yacht rescued them and took them to a hospital in Guadeloupe. And two days after leaving home, they returned bruised and tired, but happy to be alive. At a Thanksgiving service held at my church, those men repeatedly acknowledged that despite the tragic loss of life, it was by God's mercies that they were back. What sustained them during those hours was their faith in God, their belief that He would answer their cries of distress. Friends, you may not be literally drifting at sea as these young men were, but in your life, things may be bad, real bad. You may be caught in a terrible situation. Someone may be making life difficult for you, your wayward son or daughter, your unfaithful spouse, your nagging neighbor, or your boss. But just remember, today's verse is still true. The Lord of the deep, He still brings us out of our distresses when we cry to Him. So cry out to Him. He will hear. Cry out to Him. He will come to your rescue. Crying out to 
never been a time in my life There's so much at stake There's so much to lose But I trust it to you You'll bring me through And it helps me to know That I'm not alone When I cry, you cry When I hurt, you hurt When I've lost someone It takes a piece of you too find yourself asking God where he's been ever get up out of bed seeing I can't do this again have you ever been afraid of what tomorrow's gonna bring and you're facing it alone at least that's what you think Tell you after going through that valley Even though I couldn't see it at the time It was in my weakest moments that he held me And I know you'll find He will carry
get the kind of news that you hoped you'd never hear. When you're chasing down a dream just to watch it disappear. When somebody that you love turns and walks away, and they leave you standing there with shattered face, you don't have to pick up all the broken pieces. You don't have to try to cover up the scars. You are loved, and you can always run to Jesus. Just as. Let us pray, Father. Somebody who is listening to this broadcast today might be going through a really rough time. They are hurting. They are probably flat on their face. They're down. I pray, Lord, that you will make yourself real to that person right now, right now. And may the fact that they are hearing this broadcast right now be a sign that you are indeed real. And that you are right there with them in this storm. And I pray, O、oh、God, that you will rescue that person right now, today, not tomorrow, today. Give them a breakthrough and help them to trust you, even if they can't see you or even if they can't make sense of their situation. O、oh、God, please bring them to a safe harbor where they can find rest for their souls and the, and the sort of peace that they've never known before. I pray that you'll fix what's broken, and heal what's wounded. Save that man, save that woman, and give them a new start in life. And I pray this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. For the past hour, you have been listening to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh Day Adventist Church in Western Australia. The Rockingham Seventh Day Adventist Church meets every Saturday morning from 9:15 at Number 21 Wanless Street in Rockingham for Bible study, fellowship, and worship. We also have a small group Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8. You're welcome to visit us whenever our doors are open. If you've been blessed by this broadcast and you'd like to drop us a line, then please feel free to do so. Our mailing address is PO Box 368, Rockingham, WA 6168. You can also visit our website, rockingham.adventist.org.au, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can leave a message on telephone number 0476-416-740. Thank you for tuning in today. I invite you to catch this broadcast next Friday afternoon at the same time right here on Faith FM. Until then, this is Pastor Erickson on behalf of the Rockingham Seventh Day Adventist Church saying, "May God bless and keep you. Take care and bye bye."